This morning, we continue with the Minefield series. Minefield, especially in Cambodia. You have a lot. The war is over. But there have been a lot of landmines that still exist. So you might be wandering in Cambodia and happen to step on one, and you will meet God sooner than expected. When I was traveling in the Middle East, when I was able to visit the Holy Land, of course, they were all tired and sleeping on the bus. Me, I have my curtain open and looking, and lo and behold, going on top, there's this place that's covered with barbed wire, and it says, active minefield. Tells you not to go in there. They can't be seen. You don't know if you're going to step on a mind or not. So be careful. And we want to use this minefield series to remind everyone that we have an active enemy in the devil. Be of sober spirit. Your enemy prowls around like a lion waiting for someone to devour. He is a master of deception. Do not be deceived. For the, even the devil masquerades as an angel of light. Be careful. Be of sober spirit. This morning, title of our message is Choices Have Consequences. Brother Joel and myself and Brother Ephraim put back this cross. Quite heavy. What are those pieces of paper that are stuck on that cross? Aren't they the choices that you made? And you made the commitment to put them here, and this is what I'm going to do. That's a choice. Your presence here this morning is a choice. Some of us have chosen not to be here this morning. Maybe some of them thought, well, it's going to be another video message, so I'm making the choice just to stay at home. That choice has a consequence. What's the consequence? You missed out. You missed out on God using the medium of video to speak to you. Is that not a choice? Yes, you made a choice. Choices have consequences. Five truths about choices. Number one, choices have consequences. Small choices can have drastic long-term consequences. We don't reap what we didn't sow. Reaping is not always immediate. Our choices eventually make up our character. These are just some salient, salient points that we're going to, in passing, talk about this morning. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Let's all read this. Do not. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. 
I think I've shared this with you before that my son Timmy, when he was a lot younger, he was asking for money and said, that, uh, son, I'm sorry, I don't have money. He said, just do this. And he thought that, you know, the moment you put a plastic card in the machine, that money will come out. So I said, before you do this, you have to do this, right? You have to deposit something so that you can withdraw something. If you want to reap something, you have to plant something. Yes? And the Bible is warning us because choices have consequences that we should be of sober spirit. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked because you will reap what you sow. Now, one of, most, one of Satan's most deceptive and powerful ways of defeating us is to get us to believe in a lie. You agree? And the biggest lie is that there are no consequences to our own doing. Who is Charles Stanley? He is one of the famous pastors. He is the father of Andy Stanley. Some of you might be watching him over the internet. He's an elderly man continuing to serve God in his old age. And he's reminding us one of the most powerful tools of the devil is a lie. Be careful because you might be deceived. Choices have no consequences, consequences are immediate, are not immediate. You can be deceived into believing this. Well, uh, I'm just one degree, of course. Or I'm only 1% off target. So let's take a look. One degree. If you're going somewhere and you're off course by just one degree, after one foot, you'll miss the target by 0.2 inches. No problem. Right? After 100 yards, you'll be off 5.2 feet. Not huge, but now a little more noticeable. After a mile, you've been off by 92.2 feet. One degree starting now to make a difference. After traveling from San Francisco to L.A., you'll be off by six miles. If you're trying to get to San Francisco to Washington, D.C., you'll end up on the other side of Baltimore, 42.6 miles away. Traveling around the globe from Washington, D.C., you will miss... 43, 435 miles and end up in Boston. If you're in the middle of the ocean and you're off course by one degree, where are you? Up to now, nobody has found that Malaysian Airlines flight. Who can say maybe they were just off one degree. One percent. Over time, a mere one degree error in course makes a huge difference. Do you agree? It's only one degree. One percent. One percent. Did you get a hundred? No. I got 99. One ah, percent. No problem. Right? One percent. If you're UPS, okay, and their 2016 global delivery volume is this, 4.9 billion packages and documents delivered. Daily global delivery volume, 19.1 million packages 
Daily US Air Volume, 2.7 million packages. Daily International Volume, 2.8 million packages and documents. What is 1% of 4.9 billion? Ayan na. Calculator na. Abacus. It's a big number, right? It doesn't matter if you're part of the 99% that did get your package delivered on time, yes? Ah, but what if you're part of that 1% who didn't get your package? Whose package was lost? Did you read that at one time? I think it was in January or late December. This family shipped an $85,000 family heirloom. And UPS lost it. And they refunded the cost of the delivery. What? You're that 1% if you're not careful. Right? Because cons choices have consequences. We are free. You are free to choose, but are not free to choose the consequences of your decisions. Why? Because decision choices have consequences. Let's pray. God, thank you for reminding us, warning us even, that our choices have consequences. Allow us, Lord, the wisdom this morning to choose what is right, to choose to glorify you in all our decision-making so that the glory goes to you, Lord. We commit to you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's read our main verse again. Do not be deceived. Let's all read it. Do not be deceived. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. You plant, you harvest. You cannot harvest from whence you did not plant. Yes? Bible says, For one man sows to his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption or death. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So it works both ways. If you sow to your spiritual nature, you will reap spiritual blessings. If you sow to your sinful nature, you will reap corruption because your sinful nature is also corrupted. You cannot expect, I cannot expect to sow to my sinful nature and reap spiritual blessing. Maybe the devil has managed to deceive you. It's okay. Never mind. It will all taper off. It will all balance out in the end. That is a deception. In the morning, you might look at the mirror and look to yourself. I'm handsome. I'm pretty. You might be deceived. <laughs> be careful. Or maybe you look at the mirror and it breaks. I don't know. 
But no, God is warning us. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You will reap what you will sow. If you reap to the spiritual nature, you will reap eternal life. If you, re- if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. Now, let's look at some famous people. Ernest Hemingway. Some of you have probably read his works. Now, he mocked God. He mocked God so much that he kind of rewrote the Lord's Prayer. Because he does not believe in God. Our nada, who art in nada, hallowed be thy nada. It's a parody of the Lord's Prayer. So what happened to him? He shot himself with a shotgun. His children, his grandchildren, famous movies, movie stars, they all committed suicide. Marianne Hemingway, Margot Hemingway, they committed suicide. How about this guy? Sinclair Lewis, a novelist, a winner of the ninth, what is this? 1930 Nobel Prize for Literature. His novel, Elmer Gantry, mocked Christianity. The leading character was an evangelist who was an alcoholic and a fornicator. That's his work. That's what won the Nobel Prize for Literature. What happened to him? He died a hopeless alcoholic in a clinic near Rome. How about you? Probably you read some works about, by, done by Oscar Wilde. Now, Oscar Wilde, playwright, novelist, essayist, and poet, became one of London's most popular playwrights in the early 1800s. Ended up imprisoned in shame and disgrace, gross indecency with men. Died destitute in Paris at the age of 40, I want to make sure, of 46. I forgot somewhere along that line that in your secret, you will one someday cry aloud in the rooftops. What you do, what I do in secret is known by God. And the Bible in the gospel tells us that what you and I do in secret will be shouted up in the mountaintops. Nobody knows. Nobody has seen me do it. Guess again. God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. If you sow to the sinful nature, from that nature you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, from that spirit you will reap eternal life. For one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. These men, Hemingway, Lewis, and Oscar Wilde, they decided to sow to their flesh, and they reap corruption. David Livingston, however, chose to sow to his spirit. He became one of the most ardent evangelists in Africa. He gave up his life to go to Africa, to minister, to share to the African people. He made a choice. He made a good choice. 
he invested his life by sharing the gospel. Ralph Waldo Emerson says this, Sow a thought, you reap an action. Sow an act, you will reap a habit. Sow a habit, you will reap a character. Sow a character, and you will reap a destiny. One thought, one choice could determine your destiny. You choose not to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've made a choice. If you've made the choice to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've also made a choice. Now, which do you think of the two? It's the best decision you can ever make. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. That's the best decision you can ever make. Because you have sown the Spirit, and from that Spirit, you will reap eternal life. Choices have consequences. Some of the strategy of the devil is to convince us, well, if there's a consequence, then I don't see it. If there really are consequences, then the moment I commit sin, instantaneously, there will be a corresponding consequence. But the devil has managed to deceive us and say, well, since nothing is happening, therefore I'm good. Let me remind you of Samson. Samson did a lot of bad things, right? He disobeyed time and time and time again. Yes? He disobeyed a lot, but nothing happened to him. He toyed around with Delilah. Time and time again, until finally, what happened? He gave in. He told Delilah that the secret to his strength was that he is a Nazarite, and as such, he had no wine, and he had, they had never cut his hair. So what happened? Over time, he reaped the consequence of his decision to disobey God. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, there was this couple named Ananias and Zephyra. During that time, the Christians, the early Christians, were putting money together, property together, so that those who did not have would have some. All right? Ananias and Sapphira had a piece of property. They decided to sell the property so that they could give. Now, the book of Acts tells us that when they gave, they misrepresented. They made the choice to misrepresent the amount that they were going to give. So they asked, is this the amount? for which you sold the property? They said yes. But in truth, they kept some money from the proceeds of the sale. They made a choice. We're only going to declare this much. Boom! Ananias died right there, right then. Peter said, why did you decide to lie to the Holy Spirit? You did not lie to men. You lied to God. Boom! Then here comes Zephyra, the wife. 
Zafira, is this the money for which you sold the property? Yes. Oh, the men who carried your husband's body out have not yet left the house. Boom! She died. Was not the property yours from the very beginning? But you lied. Boom. Some of the consequences of the choices that we make are instantaneous. Some of the choices that we make, the consequences are not seen right away. But do not be deceived. Those consequences are coming. I heard this when I was in Manila. And for me, it was a very short story, yet it was really so profound. There were this group of friends, women, and they were telling that other girl, why are you still a virgin? Sex is just sex. Why are you still a virgin? Why don't you be like one of us? We have already explored and be engaged with men, all kinds of promiscuity. Why don't you be like us? The girl happened to be a Christian. She said this. At any time I decide, I can be like you. But you can never be me anymore. Is it true? Yes. They made the choice. And they already are who they are. You can't change that. But this young lady stood up for her Christian faith and said, anytime I can, be, I can decide to be like you. But you cannot decide anymore to be like me. Because you have already made that decision. In the book of Genesis, we talked about two brothers. Jacob said, first, sell me your birthright. We had twins, Jacob and Esau. Oh, Esau, sorry, sorry. Esau is in the Philippines, sorry. Jacob and Esau. Jacob said, first, sell me your birthright. Esau said, behold, I am about to die. And so what use then is this birthright for me? And Esau said to Jacob, Please let me swallow that of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom, where you have the Edomites. Esau was the firstborn. When Esau was coming out, Jacob was attaching to his foot. That's why his name is Supplanter. He wanted to be born ahead. Right? Even in culture today, especially in our Chinese community, the firstborn always has preference. Yes? Who is the firstborn? Esau. To whom does the birthright go? Esau. Jacob is cooking. Esau is out hunting. 
He comes home. He's tired. He over-exaggerates. I am about to die. Give me a taste of that bowl of soup that you're cooking. Jacob, supplanter. In Greek, wa-is. Right? Wa-is. What is, okay. Exchange deal. Sell me your birthright. I'm going to be the one that will receive the blessing, not you anymore. Okay. Ah, I'm about to die. What happened? Then Jacob gave Esau bread and a lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. He turned his back on his birthright. He made a choice. And what was the consequence? He gave up his birthright. He gave up the blessing. The blessing that should have gone to him, he relinquished. And what was the result? He made a choice. What does the Bible have to say about Esau? Hebrews 12, 16. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. You want to be described in the Word of God for all eternity like this? Immoral, godless, because you despised your birthright? Well, I can change, Pastor. I'm still young. See, some of the consequences have deadly impact. Some sooner than later. But Esau is a different animal altogether. Not only is he depicted in the Bible as immoral and godless, he lost his chance. Look, for you know that even afterwards when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance though he sought for it with tears. Do you think that Esau regretted the choice that he made? Yes. But could he reverse? No more. Even if he sought it with tears, he could not get the blessing back. Just like those ladies who kept on pressuring that virgin girl to give up your virginity. They can't go back. She can do and be like them. But they can't go back. Esau wanted, I changed my mind. Too late. Even if he sought it with tears. Then Jacob was left alone. Then a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. 
Then he said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Look at the contrast. Jacob, supplanter. He manipulated people. He manipulated circumstances. But in the end, he repented. And he wrestled with God overnight. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And Jacob, Jacob's name was changed by God. From now on, you will not anymore be called Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel. My friends, for some of us, it might be too late. You cannot recover anymore. But for some of us, there is still time. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. For me, between Jacob and Esau, the worst is this. Matthew 1. The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. In the genealogy of Jesus, Esau, the elder one, the one who originally had the birthright, it's no longer mentioned. For me personally, it's not Bible truth, just for me. This is more painful. Because instead of me being there if I'm Esau, what does the Bible describe of me or speak about me? Immoral, godless. I miss the chance. Jacob, the supplanter, is the one who is named in the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. Now let me ask you, 10 years from now, how do you want to see yourself? 10 years from now, how do you want to see your family? Usually you have this in your job interviews, right? Five years from now, where do you see yourself in the company? Right? And then one of the interviewers said, I'm going to be sitting there where you sit. <laughs> Do you think he got the job? He did not get the job. But honestly, where do you want to see yourself in the next 10 years? Where do you want to see your family in the next 10 years? You see, I can have the best intention. The best intention. But if I do not act on those intentions, I will not see the fruition of those intentions. You agree? Why? Because direction determines destination, not intention. Direction determines destination, not intention. If I want to go to San Diego, 
what freeway should I take? I should take the south, right? Yes or no? But if, what if I keep on going north? Even if my intention is to go to San Diego, will I ever get to San Diego? No. San Diego na. No. Why? Even if your intention is to go south, you're traveling north. Direction determines destination, not intention. You're, you, you first make your choices, and eventually, your choices will make you. True? Your life is basically the sum of all of your choices. You decided where to go to school. You decided whom to marry. You decided where to work. You decided where you will live. Present choices will impact the future. Your choices now will definitely impact the future. Whether positively or negatively, they will impact your future. And if you believe that your present choices will impact the future, then the future should impact your present choices. I want to be a graduate of the best school. That's why I don't go to school. <laughs> Never mind, it's only elementary. Never mind, it's only high school. Anyway, my desire is to graduate from, where, what is your best school? Oh, California type. University of Southern California. Be careful about Harvard. In the Philippines, there is Harvard Gents Quarters. It is a tailoring shop. <laughs> University of Southern California. Yeah. So what should you do? If you want to be in USC, you should start preparing for that right now, right? Because if you want that kind of a future, then your, de your decisions, your choices right now should be geared towards the future that you desire. Because even if, you know, day and night, morning, noon, and night, you pray, Lord, I want to be a graduate of the University of Southern California. You don't even bother to open your books. You don't even bother to show up to school. How can you be at USC? Unless maybe you're a bus driver. You'll go to USC every day. <laughs> or Uber driver. Direction determines destination, not intention. You can be the best intentioned parents. You got... Young people, you can be the best-intentioned young people. But unless you act on it, you will not go where you want to go. The future should impact your present choices. So what should you and I, as professing followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, what should you and I decide to do? May I suggest 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9 through 10. Therefore, make it your what? Your ambition. Your ambition, whether at home or absent, 
to be pleasing to Him. Some of us make the intention to be pleasing to God when we are at church, when we are, during, when we are at our day group meetings. But when no one is watching, I don't know. So I'm not going to go there because that's between you and God. Make it your ambition. What if USC is not for you? You insist on that ambition. But that ambition is not God's plan for you. So the best place to be for you and I is to be right in the middle of God's will for me. For you to be in the middle of God's will for you. Because if you choose to go against God's will for you, there are what? Consequences. So Paul is reminding us, make it your ambition to what? Whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, whether in food or in drink, do all for the glory of God. Imagine the most basic in food and in drink. Do all for the glory of God. Obey what? All. Hey, Pastor, I'm just off by one degree. I'm just off by one percent. I know everything, but I have not yet placed my faith in Jesus Christ. Ganda. What if that is the one percent that you missed out on? Because you, were when you, when you, because you were deceived that you can go to heaven based on your capacity to obey the Ten Commandments. And there are not only ten, as I mentioned before, there are more than 600. What if that is your one percent? What, what if you, that is your one degree? And you are here living on earth expecting that when the time comes, you will meet with God face to face as your Lord and Savior. And then when reality hits, you will meet God still face to face. But as your judge. Now what? By that time, it's too late. Because verse 10 tells us, what? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then your judgment will be as to reward. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, your judgment is about your eternal dwelling place. Where the beast and the devil are thrown. Choices have consequences. You want to appear before God so that you can receive your reward? Or you want to appear before God as judge? I would rather that you go for the former than the latter. Jesus Christ warned us, What does it profit a man? If he gain what? The whole world. At what cost? At the cost of his own soul. 
You can be the most successful person on earth. You can be the most famous actor on earth. You can be the richest person on earth. I think John Bezos lost a couple of billions when the market went down, right? Yeah, a few billion here and there. Doesn't matter. I read one time that he is the most, he is the richest person of all time. But if John Bezos of Amazon does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, all of that amounts to zero. Nothing. Because he would have forfeited his soul if he does not have Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. What can we do? If choices have consequences, what can we do to avoid the pain and suffering and negative consequences that may happen to us because of our wrong choices? May I sub submit the following? Be intentional. Choices are not made by themselves. You have to make a choice. Your choice is intentional. So be intentional in your choices. Intentionally, intentionality turns hope and dreams into reality. In my example, if you really want to go to one of the best universities, wherever it is, you have to prepare now. You have to be intentional. Put in the work. Study. Second, in life, you don't get what you hope and dream for. You get what you work for. Dream ka lang ng dream. You just keep on dreaming, but you're not doing anything about your dreams. Then what? Yeah. In the morning, you're dreaming. In the evening, you're dreaming. But you're not doing anything about it. Dad, don't worry. When I finish college, I will help you with the expenses. Kandra. You don't even enroll. <laughs> dream ka lang ng dream. Be careful because sometimes dream become what? Nightmare. <laughs> I never dreamed to be here. You know, you know my story, my wife's story, right? I never dreamed to be here. My wife and I had a thriving ministry in Manila. But because it is God's will for us to be here, then where are we? Right here. There are different challenges in Manila. There are different challenges over here. But God wants us to be here. For me and my wife, it's very clear. Crystal. Clear as day. God wants us to be here. So Pastor Peter and I were, I picked him up one time and he was, so did you already buy a house? Did you, Pastor Peter, you know, we tried to make an investment, but God seems to be closing this door, that door, that window, this window. So I believe God wants me to travel light. What do you mean? Well, God says in song, it's now time for you to minister over here or for minister over there. I'm not attached to anything. I said, I think that's one of the best decisions you've ever made. Not really intentional. We wanted to make the investment, but you know, intentional enough to see, okay, God, maybe this is not your will. So we're good with it. 
We're cool. Is that the in thing now? I don't know. Chill. We're chill. My friends, I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to be in the center of His will. Because the choices that I make have consequences. If you aren't intentional with your life and your family, then all the plans and dreams you have will not really matter. They won't. Because you are not doing anything about it. They will remain your hopes and your dreams. Yes, no problem. But until you intentionally choose to do something about it, then those hopes and those dreams will remain as hopes and dreams. They may never come to reality. They will never come to fruition. What is our message this morning? Choices have consequences. I want to challenge you this morning. And forgive me in advance if I lay some heaviness on your hearts. Why is this facility not full? Ah, Pastor, I know. Seritos. Yes. But may I challenge you that the more important reason why this facility is not full is because we have made a choice. That choice is, I'm okay. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. Look at your own discipleship groups. How many new people are in your discipleship groups? That's a choice. Let's not invite new ones anymore. Let's just stay. We're okay. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. When was the last person you shared the gospel? When was the last time? That's a choice. Somebody else can share the gospel with them. I sent out an email. Please come to the discipleship group leaders meeting on February 17, this coming Saturday, and email me who you're bringing. I got one response. So the others who received that email made a choice. They decided what? Not to respond. Yes? I'm just, as they say, I'm just being 100. I'm just being 100%, right? I'm just, that's my boss. I'm just being 100. But those are choices. Right? Now imagine, if we made the choice that as many people as I encounter 
and the Lord gives me the opportunity that I will share Jesus Christ with them. Do you think this place is big or small? This is small. Why? How many billions of people? Just think, okay, let's narrow it down. How many friends do you know? Let's narrow it even further. How many of your family members whom you know do not have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Is that not a choice? Uh, you know, I will just, well, I'll just risk. I'll just take that gamble that they still have time. So I'm not going to take the opportunity to share the gospel with them right here, right now. Because anyway, they still have time. And I'm a bit embarrassed. And this is not the occasion. And this and this. And this and that. So those are all choices. Yes or no? Yes. Our choices have consequences. My friends, there's a minefield that the devil has laid out. There is a minefield that the devil has laid out. And his game plan is to deceive us. That it's okay. Don't take the risk. Don't go that extra mile. Don't take the opportunity. Let's not listen to the devil. Let's not be deceived. Because God is not mocked. We will reap what we sow. And those who sow to the sinful nature will from that nature reap corruption. But those who sow to the Spirit from that Spirit will reap eternal life. What choices are you ready to make? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Have you made that choice to place your faith on Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross for you? Have you made the choice to be intentional in your discipleship relationships? Parents discipling their children, siblings discipling each other, not letting the church do what you and I should do. Have you made the choice in turning your back to this world and following Jesus, no matter what. No turning back. No turning back. God, thank you for reminding all of us 
that the choices that we make today will impact our future. And as such, the future that we desire should affect our decisions right here and right now. If you have not yet come to faith in Jesus Christ, place your trust in what He has done for you on the cross. He died for you to prove that God loves you and is willing to accept you just as you are. Receive Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Experience His forgiveness. And make your ambition to make your life pleasing to Him who died for you. If you already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you're still struggling with the choices that you make, be reminded that all of us will one day appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account as to what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. And for all of us, it's my prayer that we all make it our ambition to do whatever it is, whether in food or in drink, to bring glory and honor to God through His Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray all of these things. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. God bless everyone.